0: Hannah Sharp is a fourth-year life sciences student at Western University. Almost six months ago, Hannah's life was shaken up, as most students were, when their schooling, internships, and jobs were disrupted and things came to a standstill because of COVID-19. But Hannah refused to sit idly by. While still attending school and working at a lab, Hannah took on a life sciences role at our digital health company to help address the urgent need of medical translations. In this podcast, we speak to Hannah about her life as a student, what she sees as the opportunities in her future now, and she also shares the ways in which we can apply critical thinking to everything we hear and see. This is Epidemic Proportions, a day in the life of a student. What's your background and what are you studying right now?
1: So I'm a fourth year student at Western University, and I'm completing my final year of undergraduate study in biology. So specifically, my major is in something called animal behavior, which is kind of this intersection between neuroscience and biology.
0: Yeah, a light topic like that. Oh, my God, cross the neuroscience and biology. So how does how does one like yourself get interested in and in choose that as um, your studies?
1: So, I actually went into Western initially in a different program. I had uh, come out of high school with the intentions of going to med school, and I had this big dream of being a doctor. And so, initially, I started in what was called the medical science program at Western. And after my first or second year, I had taken some different types of biology courses that involved conservation biology and ecology and those types, and um, I started to really find an interest in those types of biologies instead, and so that's when I switched my major um, into the one I'm in now.
0: And it sounds like you absolutely love what you're learning and love what you're doing right now.
1: Yeah, I definitely do. At the very beginning, it was a little bit um, kind of transitioning into university and, you know, the different way of taking classes and studying there, but yeah, I've really come to love what I'm doing, and um, I love going to class. I I like studying and that type of thing, and I I think university is so great, especially as you get into the later years of school, where you get to be able to kind of meet with your profs more and talk to some of the peers in the classes. they start getting smaller, and that's something I really like.
0: So it's a much more tailored and awesome, customized experience when you're, as you, you know, progress within your field. Yeah, um, definitely. And on that topic of, you know, the peers and the, the having structure and so forth, I mean, all of that's been quite shaken up uh, recently. And do you remember the time where you started to realize that um, COVID was going to impact your life as a as a student, as a, um, a life science
1: student? Yeah, definitely. So I remember when we were first kind of getting news about it in December and January. And at this point, I was completing my internship. Um, But I kind of had this unique situation because where I was working was situated in London, which is the area where I go to school. I'm at Western. And so although I was completing a work term, I was still living with all university students. And so I kind of got to see a little bit how it was impacting the workforce and then also what it was like for a student. And so yeah, I think all of us, we spent a lot of time in our free time, like, looking through the news and kind of keeping an eye what was going on, and it was around March where, after we got a few cases at Western um, and in London with coronavirus, that the Western University actually shut down, and all of my friends were at this this point kind of getting towards close to finals, and so... It was not expected at all, and at the very beginning, I think people were a little bit excited about it to kind of get a little bit of a break from school, a few days off, that type of thing, but then after that, it was a little bit of chaos as it was starting to switch to online classes, which they had to create really quickly. And then for me, um, like I said, I was doing my internship at the beginning. And so in our building, you're kind of talking about what different types of things are going to be going on with research. And we're going to have to get all of our experiments down because if the building gets closed, we don't know how how long these things will be sitting and when we're going to be able to be coming back. And so my lab, we spent a lot of time. Archiving all of our samples and making sure everything was put away and frozen, and so that when we came back, um, all the research that we had done up to that point was still going to be viable for afterwards.
0: And were you able to go back in and complete the research, or is it still sitting there, frozen, waiting for someday some return?
1: Yeah, so since where I was working last year, it's um, part of the federal government's research and development. It's a little bit slower because some of the, um, like, kind of the choices about it come from Ottawa and it goes down and everybody has to kind of act the same and so my building is actually just beginning it's sort of phase one of opening now where there's only one person allowed in the lab at a time and it's all social distance within the labs and so compared to some of the independent businesses our research center is a lot slower moving in terms of opening again so yeah it's it's not back to normal at all yet.
0: <laughs> what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for you as you come to the you know finishing off your studies and start to think about entering the workforce what what do you think that that's going to look like for yourself
1: yeah, I think it's going to be really different from what I was imagining it to look like before. Um, personally, before I entered the workforce, I'd like to do a little bit more school. So I'm looking towards doing um, some type of graduate program like a master's of science. And I know with master's of science programs, I've kind of heard that some of the academic, academic universities and also like where I was working with a federal research lab, um, I think they might be a little bit wary of bringing students back in just because of the tight regulations that they have for the university and through the government. And so it's hard to say whether even next year, depending on what happens with COVID-19, whether um, researchers will even be taking on graduate students, if that's going to be able to have capacity for in their labs. Um, So with graduate school, you might have to take a course-based program instead or take a few years to wait until you can actually get back in the lab again. It's kind of hard to say. And then um, for jobs too, like I think now that we have this new virus, I think the demand for people to be working in research areas like virology and also like the healthcare spaces is going to be a lot higher too, and that there'll be more funding and demand for people to be going into those areas
0: so it's kind of there's uh, you know a change but also an opportunity coming out of this for yourself, someone who's in life sciences and and really looking at making impact. Um, do you miss the lab though? Do you, are you going to miss the hands-on nature of things and the not being in a lab every day necessarily?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I had, I guess it's um, a good opportunity too, but I was able to work in the lab for about seven months. And then when this all came about, I was able to also transition to working from home. And so I had the opportunity to kind of see what both were like and also have a little bit of a chance to see what working from home is like. And uh, yeah, I definitely missed the times where I was able to be in the lab because. When you're in the lab, there's so many different tasks that you can switch from and to, and you can be on the computer, but then when you're kind of getting tired, you can switch to doing things with your hands. And so there's lots of different opportunities to do different things. And that was definitely something I missed when I was spending eight-hour days just reading all the time, yeah. um, you know, which has its own benefits too. But.
0: <laughs> well you definitely are someone I think who's making the most of it and really, really adaptable and fluid. Um, with all the things that are happening. And that's why I really wanted to talk to you is you're you're someone I find who's been able to navigate this to the best of their ability and to still find a way to make impact. I I think that's incredible. You know, everyone got kind of sent home from school and you were one of the few that sort of put your hand up and said, like, how do I help and how do I still maintain um, some sort of uh, influence in in the work I'm able to do? Um, But what would you say has... Or how has your life changed in the last few months the most?
1: Well, I was able, because of this pandemic, to move back home with my parents, too. Initially, I would have been spending the summer away from my family and staying in London to be working at my job. And because of that, yeah, I was able to be home and be with my family. Um, My family environment was a little bit interesting, too, because both of my parents are healthcare workers. So my mom is a nurse and my dad's a firefighter. So in some ways, my life kind of changed seeing what their jobs were doing and how their roles were kind of changing and you know that pressure of having them both being on the front line Um, but at the same time I know for a lot of other people their lives change in different ways having their parents be home all the time and having crowded spaces or even people whose jobs didn't work out through the pandemic too and so I kind of I think I got a little bit of a unique perspective with that because my parents although their jobs changed in it my life at home with them was basically the same.
0: Well, and that's an interesting thing. I, I mean, because if both of them were frontline, are frontline workers, so obviously, you know, they're doing incredible things for us as a, as a society. Was there a heightened sense of anxiety for your family then? Because all of you are experiencing it on different levels and, and participating in sort of the, the conversations that are happening or witnessing it. Was, would you say there's more anxiety in a house that of yours? type that's a little more aware of everything going on?
1: Yeah, I definitely think in some ways. um, I know personally for myself at the very beginning, I was really concerned like seeing other people's actions because I knew that, you know, if things got too out of control, then it would overwhelm the healthcare industry. And then that's something that my mom and my dad would be dealing with. Um, But then in other ways, I think too, kind of different types of anxieties because since they're in the healthcare space and this was a of course their jobs that are really needed during this time that there is also sense of financial security too with that um but yeah i think from my parents perspectives that there was so many changes at the beginning too and that i think that was a little bit hard for them to navigate and they wish that some things were different and were happy with other things but um overall i think also, my parents being in healthcare versus working in other exposure places, like if you were to be in a grocery store or those types of things, I also kind of had a little bit of a sense of security that they were the ones that had the PPE at all times and the most protection and support coming to them. So, yeah, I was, I was fortunate with that, too.
0: One of the things I want to ask you is, coming out of this, what are you most hopeful for?
1: So I think personally for myself, um, I think with this COVID pandemic, of course, although there are shortcomings, I also had the opportunity to learn different things and have different environments to work in. Like, as we kind of mentioned earlier, when this all happened, I was able to meet you, Cassandra, and kind of work in something that I never imagined before. Um, I'd always had this big interest in biology and in healthcare. And then I was also able to see it in action kind of combined with tech and public health. And so those kind of broadened my horizons. And I was able to take the opportunity and learn something new and see other things that I might be interested in. And then I think that might be something that'll change my career paths and change what I'm interested in doing in the future. So I'm hopeful for this pandemic and kind of opening up interests and finding different ways and coping with what's going on in order to kind of make new paths for myself. Um, In terms of the world, I'm hopeful that this will be over soon, of course. I think it's a, a little bit difficult in some of the ways it's changing how we're looking at other people right now. Like, even when you're walking along the street, you don't pass by people closely anymore. You kind of avoid each other. And I'm a little bit worried that in lines and things like that, that people will kind of begin to be more independent and only talking to people that they know as opposed to to being open and getting to know other people in the community. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of because... With the pandemic going on, you keep close to the people that are in your close-knit circle and anybody else could be a risk in some ways. And so I'm hopeful that despite everything that's going on, that we'll still continue to be resilient and that after this pandemic ends, we'll keep some of the good practices that have come out of it and lose all of these ones that I'm a little bit more worried about.
0: Mm -hmm. And being a little more distant and isolated, uh, because that's probably the last thing we need right now uh, as a community. Um, but it's necessary. So, yeah, I, I think those are big hopes and, and very possible. So thank you for that. Um, knowing everything you know now, what would be the piece of advice that you would offer?
1: So I would just, yeah, I'm just thinking about all of this. And I think that as a life science student that I've been so grateful to kind of have the education that I've had and learn about biology and life science and everything. And I think that's been really important when it comes to a pandemic like this, not only to understand like how a virus works and how it's transmitted, but also to kind of see the importance of science in our communities too. Like I think knowing a little bit about history of pandemics and how our response to the one that happened in 1912 was compared to what's happening now and i think it's amazing that with science we're able to so quickly see the virus and sequence it and realize how it works and so quickly the scientific community has come together with all these other inter- interdisciplinary fields to learn more about it and quickly come out with policies and recommendations and so yeah i would just give or encourage anybody that isn't so interested in science to just kind of start to learn more about it, too, because I think it's one of these big things that's going to be really helpful to us as people in the coming days. Um, Also, again, with my science background, um, I think something that's really important is to know to critically think about what we see all the time. I think with this coronavirus pandemic, of course, we're hit with so much news and information about it. And it's a little bit hard um, to not get carried away and feel the panic creep up. But what I've learned so much in my science background is to critically think and critique articles and papers and think, is this done the right way? Does this make sense? And those types of things. So I think that's really important to kind of keep in mind um, as we're hit with this big information surge to uh, make your own ideas about things and question what you're reading, because it isn't necessarily always true.
0: Where would you recommend somebody start if they wanted to learn more where what are some of the resources that you would say maybe start here again with a critical lens but maybe start here what would be your first couple recommendations
1: well there's some really good resources on like podcasts and things like that about people who are interested in science and have different types of backgrounds for it So I know there's a few different podcasts that I like to follow that have brought on virologists that kind of in this type of interview format, they ask questions and then you get the answers. And those are coming from PhDs that are specific and specialized in those fields. So I think those are really good resources, um, especially because in the podcast format, it's being asked in layperson terms and questions, and it's a good way to kind of learn about it from an expert in a way that's um, understandable. And then also, too, like I think through universities, if you're a university student, we all have access to databases all the time. And you can, if you read something in an article and it says this is how long the coronavirus will last on plastic or something, you can always just type that into a Google or a a Web of Science database and research it for yourself and see if you can pull up a few papers on it or even reviews where you kind of get like an overview of all the research that's been done so far. And it's a little bit daunting to read the entire thing, but even at the very beginning, the abstracts will just tell you a really short, succinct overview. And so I would encourage people to, to like look after and see if you can find your own information on it, too. If, you're, if it doesn't fully make sense to you in your mind and you're kind of questioning it a little bit, then, yeah, we have tons of resources to look and find it out yourself.
0: Amazing. And so, you know, a lot of this is about there's resources out there. um, But we as individuals need to be empowered enough to go look for them to be smart enough to try and read through it and be critical enough to say whether or not something makes valid sense, um, using a bit of, you know, rational thought, uh, which seems quite straightforward and is yet very, very difficult to do. But I've, I love that you've laid that out in, you know, some easy steps that, that each of us can take to just be more mindful. And I think maybe give a sense of calm as well, right? Like the more, you know, the more you're able to feel a little more in control of, of what's happening. And I think that's not just with coronavirus. I think that's with every sort of disease, or at least what I've witnessed in patients is, is knowledge can, you know, there's a certain amount of knowledge of yourself and, and what you're reading that that can help. So um, I love, I love the steps you've laid out.
1: Wow, well, thank you. No, I, I so agree with that, with having more knowledge is power sometimes. And if you're able to read for yourself and understand the best way to protect yourself with it too, then I think that can be really calming and empowering in a lot of ways.
0: Definitely. Well, I obviously think you're you're in this amazing space and you're passionate and you love it. There seems to be something that you want to impart on the world or that you feel is probably your personal mission in doing this. What would you say is the reason or the the purpose that you're pursuing this and, and getting into health and life sciences?
1: Well, oh, I think it's like a bunch of different reasons. From my own like personal, like, I guess like selfish reasons, I've just... I've always really loved understanding how things work. And I think with biology, we learn all the times from big scale of how things work down to the tiny little cellular level. And I just find that so fascinating to know about those things. And then I also think knowing about it gives you a little bit more appreciation for the world too. You know, I've taken some classes that talk about how plants communicate to each other. And it just makes you think when you're going on a walk, you kind of look around and you're like... Wow, Like there's so much going on that, you know, you never think about. It. That's so amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah, overall with that, I, I, I do science because I, I really like it and I enjoy it. And then also from the same point of view, we can see, of course, how science is so important in dealing with situations like this. And how we have a problem and we all work together to make a solution for it in some way. And uh, that's what I really like about research too. It's all these people that are coming together and studying the problem from a ton of different angles to come together and try to make a solution that, you know, with public health, it goes to the government and then it goes to the people, but it all comes from science in some ways. Mm. So yeah, that's, I, that's why I really enjoy it.
0: So important. Well, Hannah, like I said, I just think you're one of the most talented people I've had the, the pleasure working alongside, I think you're incredibly bright, incredibly communicative and empathetic and patient, and I think those are just outstanding qualities, and it gives me such hope for the future, knowing that there's yourself and a group like you that have such an understanding of the world and able to really pursue things that will have impact, and it's such a delight always to talk to you. If other people want to get in touch with you, if we haven't covered off some of the questions that they have about what you do or your field or want to ask advice, what's the best way for them to get in touch?
1: Oh, my LinkedIn is just my name, uh, so Hannah Sharp um, on LinkedIn. And then I can also send you the link afterwards too. And then my email address is sharp 4 at uwo.ca.
0: And that Sharp is spelled how?
1: S-H-A-R-P-E.
0: Perfect. Amazing. Well, Hannah, thank you again for taking time. I know you're back in your studies and full board. So having you take some time to talk to us more about your experience and and the future that you see, it's really great. And I appreciate your time as always. So thank you for being with us today.
1: No, of course, Cassandra. Thank you so much for bringing me on and giving me this opportunity to you know, talk about myself. I don't think I'm, you know, that interesting, but I'm so flattered that you think so. <laughs>
0: you're amazing. You're you're so great. So yes, take care. Have a great uh, season. Have a great year. And uh, we look forward to seeing all the great things you're going to do coming out of it.
1: Yeah, thank you. I can't wait to hear too about what Hill Mary is doing. I want to <laughs> stay in the loop with all that. I'm so excited to see what you do with cancer and then continuing with COVID and everything.
0: Well, you were a big part of that. So I'm looking forward to to progressing with you.